Yeah, so I saw a video uh, on social media, and I thought it was really funny because it was a video of this guy. He's driving a Mark IV Supra, and he's just driving on the highway, and in the video, it's showing off his anti-lag system, and he's just going down, and he hits his anti-lag. That's the Cletus video? Not the, Cle- the video. not the Cletus one. It's just a different one. This guy from a POV vision, he's just driving his Supra, and he hits a anti-lag, and... It just it sounds great, and he just kind of goes. You could tell that how good that system is in terms of you know just instant boost. And then um, you know when I was looking through some of the comments and stuff like that, I thought it was really funny that so many people were like, "Oh, this guy's living the dream," or like you know this is exactly what I would want to do. Living the dream for real? That's what comments said. I'm for the super or for well, I guess just the whole ensemble. And I thought it was really funny because. When you see that video of that dude doing the anti-lag, I just think it's funny that like people were kind of glorifying that, and it seemed like people were really for it. Look, I, again, I think it's a functionality thing. I mean, like... What, what gives you the performance over... You don't get any anti-lag you know, properties look, out even, of a verbal tune? Uh, well, I, I, that all depends on how exactly they're doing it and how far they're retarding uh, you know, the, the ignition timing, depending on what they're trying to do with the fuel. It, it, look, it, so he, the deal is here is that like I used anti-lag way back in the day, drag racing, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and they're combinations. Look, you have two-step rev limiters. You have, um, you have burble tunes. You have anti-lag. Um, the difference between some of these things, uh, you know, they're all operating on a similar premise, which is that you're cutting either fuel or ignition to be able to create some sort of effect here, right? Right. Where it starts to get different is the actual functional use, okay. right? So like an anti-lag, um, those are greatly effective in being able to spool a turbo. So if you're in a turbo application, and you know you're using especially the larger you go like you know we used to have these pretty large turbos on the car right yeah so you know if you were running like you know um you know gt35r with like an 82 you know hot side or even i mean even larger for some of these guys that had you know um something that was better than you know more more than a four cylinder or whatever it may be you know you couldn't get those turbos to spool. I mean, you had 6,500 RPM to, let's say you were shifting at 9,500, right? You had 3,000 RPM of major power. And in between, not much else. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So so the only way to get these turbos to really spool was to, uh, sooner, was to do some things. We, you know, we used to have some tuning things that we would do with ignition timing to try to bump up uh, the spool. But in addition to that, you know, anti-lag was your friend, especially on launching a car, yeah. right? So now anti-lag is essentially the idea that you're cutting the ignition cut and retar- retarding the timing just enough to basically start to... Um, ba- <laughs> to essentially start to build boost. Now, the reason it's building boost is because what you're essentially doing is you're you're cutting the ignition timing where it would combust the fuel on that stroke. And you're essentially allowing this raw fuel to combust in the exhaust, mm-hmm. right? So what's happening is it's essentially building up all this heat and this pressure 
from that, you know, exploding fuel, which is then helping to spool the turbo. Right. Okay. So I think from a from a functional standpoint, but even with that, we were very careful about not to use that any more than we had to. Right. Because but, it's destructive and it's really bad on turbos and exhaust systems and manifolds and and stuff like that. Well, it, you know, the same premise of a burbel tune would be the same thing of putting uh, raw fuel into the exhaust system, is it yeah. not? Yeah. So I think I think that. You know, you've heard me mention I think I hate burble tunes. Yeah. Now, um, it's not the sound. I think it's the one I have a problem with it because I think it's like, you know, like the look at me of tunes, right? Like, yeah. you know, every time you get off the... the, the da, 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 da. I mean, like, do you want to hear it every single time? And then there's the other thing, which is I almost it almost robs it from the cars that naturally have a little bit of from the factory. Yep. Where you're like, oh, it's dope. Yep. Right? So, um, like Porsches and and some of the you know BMWs, the M cars and yep. stuff like that. So, um, the so I think that there's from a tuning perspective, if we're going to get really down to the brass tacks, I think that there is a level of not a problem, right? A, a, a level of it shouldn't really be a big deal of a burble tune. However, I believe that in the majority of people go far beyond what is acceptable, right? Yeah. So like there's an area where, you know, having a crack once in a while or, you know, having a having a little bit of a, you know, a, pop a, a, pop, a little pop here and there. Um, that's probably fairly benign, pro- probably fairly no problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's when you start to really retard the timing or start to put a bunch of fuel in and explode that fuel, you could tell because those are the people that are getting the really loud noises and they're also getting like those flames that shoot out the back of the yeah. exhaust. Because what you're doing is you're exploding raw fuel in your exhaust. Probably the guys that are you know, deselling and the RPMs drop to 1500 RPMs and they're right. still getting pops, you know, it's like, what the heck? Yeah. And look, and, and you've seen plenty of people do these on, on tunes with, with Lamborghinis and stuff like yeah. that. Ah, the, the thing is that is like, all right, so it's, so exploding raw fuel in your exhaust, whether it be anti-lag or, um, you know, these burble tunes that are kind of set up to do this whole thing, there's a difference and I'll, I'll explain in a minute. Okay. So, um, you know, you're causing a lot of stress on exhaust components, turbos, manifolds, catalytic converters. Now, the one thing to understand is that a turbo was designed to take heat, right? Like you can throw an incredible amount of heat at a turbo, especially on the hot side, and it is it can take it. Yeah. But the difference when you explode raw fuel isn't just the heat. It's the pressure. Right, like you're building pressure, and the pressure waves were never designed to be on, you know, in the exhaust wheel. So you start to damage those turbos, um, you know, prematurely. Now, how long is how much you use it? But well, you know, when when you look at the videos of people with burble tunes and stuff like that, I think the sound is to each their own. I think when it gets excessive, I think most people can agree it's not, you know, not great. But I think there are people from both spectrums that might like the sound of the burble, like a, a modest burble, and then people who don't like it at all. But regardless of that, one thing you commonly see with burble tunes, you'll see comments of people being like, you know, have fun have fun with a messed up catalytic converter or something like that, or all the yeah. harm they're doing to their car. Yeah. But I just thought it was funny when I saw the video with the anti-lag stuff, none of that stuff was mentioned. No one was saying, that's cool, but no one said so, that. But, but I think the reason you're seeing that is because, you know, look... Uh, Super is a good example. Mm-hmm. These guys, they use some pretty large turbos. Yeah. I mean, 
And the truth of the matter is when you're driving on an engine, let's say you're let's say your your red line by the time you build the head or whatever it is, let's say, you know, like on a super, let's say ninety five hundred, right? Let's mm-hmm. let's just use that number to stay with a with a you know, something arbitrary. If you can't get the turbo to spool up until sixty five hundred, you have almost no power band. Right. Right. So, and you know, and, and so you're trying to get the most out of it, but you know, the idea of being able to get that turbo to spool earlier, essentially it, you know, elongates the, the power band mm-hmm. you, you get, you're getting more power for longer. So it's going to make for essentially a faster car. Now, when you get to having a turbo that big, there's only a few options to be able to spool something like that. And, and, and really anti-lag becomes a tool that you'll use now you if you if you own that car you're you're only going to use that when you absolutely need to uh, for the guys that are going to go around just like flat out like giving it giving it the business every every single stoplight like you, they're going to go through hot sides on their on on turbos faster like they just will right yeah um but i mean you know the one thing about it that's, that it was always effective is the fact that you could build boost. I mean, like you could, like, and, and it really is apparent. Like you could build boost from a standstill. So now, this is kind of where two step, um, you know, and launch controls and stuff work. Um, so, all right. So let me quickly go through this. So, two. What what is a two step for those who aren't familiar? Two step is essentially um, having the ability to have two different RPMs, mm-hmm. two different R, uh, rev limits. Okay. Uh, first one is usually done at a lower RPM designed for what the RPM that you want to be able to launch your car yep. at, okay? And then what they usually do is there's some sort of program that recognizes a vehicle speed sensor, and once you get over a certain mile per hour, that two, that that uh, RPM limit is is no longer there, and it goes to the secondary yep. RPM limit, right? Which is your whatever you would do, whatever you want to shift at. Yep. So, um, so that's kind of what a two-step is. Now, how does a two-step work? Well, generally... Um, well, how does a how does a rev limiter work? Yeah, let's do that. Um, essentially, what happens there is they cut the fuel. There's just when you get to that top thing, there's no more fuel, so you have ignition that's that's basically sparking, but there's nothing there to explode. Yeah. Right. Um, now, anti lag and what you'll see when people are using it to build boost um, or build boost pressure there, they're what they're doing is they're essentially cutting the ignition timing. And they're retarding the ignition timing. So when it comes back on, it's delayed, but it's exploding the fuel that goes there, but then doesn't have a spark. And then when you have a whole bunch more air there, it's boom. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. where you get that late thing. So you're crushing this pressure, which is essentially helping spool that turbo. I think I think there is just maybe people who, based on like the sound that you get from a two-step, might confuse them or whatever. But yeah, it's yeah just, easily. Just, just not the same thing. Same premise, though. Like, I mean, it is the same premise. Now, I, I will say, well, I think with the burble tunes, the, probably the big difference is, is that it's not primarily being used with the, the idea of necessarily creating boost. There's right. some cars that can use one, but we all know that the people, that most of the people that are using them don't have turbos. Right. Um, so the question is, you know, how do you get that to happen? Obviously, they're retarding or cutting, uh, uh, cutting the timing, allowing f- certain amount of fuel to explode, you know, kind of in the exhaust. So now that's where you start to see things being, you know, for that sound, for that sound. Mm-hmm. If you're not turbo, if you're not spooling anything, you're essentially creating a situation where your exhaust 
and your catalytic converter and all these different things every single time you let off the gas and it <laughs> like when again especially the ones that shoot flames and you hear those really loud yeah, yeah. bangs those are really you know taking hits on your exhaust components you know um and you know some of those cars are expensive oh without a doubt you know like i mean i i can't imagine what it must be like you know on 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 some of the bmw cars or whatever it may be to go buy, you know, exhaust manifolds and stuff when they start developing cracks. Well, you know, oddly enough, I feel like at least in New York, the only cars that you see with real burble tunes are all luxury cars. It's always, yeah, it's always BMWs, Mercedes, or Infinities or something like that. Yeah, and you know, look, and there's a certain level of you know, people will argue, and I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it worked, you know, I've you know, they come like that from the factory, yeah, this yeah, car, yeah. Or this car, and you know, like to to an extent, but like they're also done in a way that it's not like i don't i don't believe there are some people that i've heard argue that like oh well lamborghini they do it on purpose to get the sound and stuff like that yeah but i think it's also a byproduct of a lot of the tuning that gives these cars as much power as that they can make i mean they're not exactly using you know four cylinder engines um going back to the anti-lag i have two questions for you scott mm -hmm. now going back to the anti-lag thing how do you feel about having a modification done to your car to quote unquote improve the performance if you have a big turbo and it's hard to spool that boost and yep. have a long time before you can build boost yeah. and then you want to you know solve that issue with anti-lag yep how do you feel about you know implementing something that quote unquote helps your car but at the same time hurts your car well because i so i think it's i think that's that's the game right like no one ever said that with cars you didn't pay to play I guess, but don't don't you believe? Like, don't you think it should be? Well, but but understand you, something. Anti lag is a programmable conditional item. That's true. Meaning, meaning yeah. that, you know, there's people that do certain things where they'll hook, you know, uh, you know, that setting up to a button. They run the parameters out through a five volt source into their piggy, into their standalone ECU, and so they have a condition where when the button is active, then you're gonna you're gonna operate on this you know, temporary rev limit and, or, um, or, you know, or ignition setting, mm -hmm. right? So that you've essentially are creating that, that situation where you can build boost and throw some more raw fuel in. And then there's, you know, other people that only have it set up for when there's zero, you know, when their speed is under, let's say nine miles per hour and they're at, you know, not greater than 90% uh, throttle position, right? Mm -hmm. So so what they're doing is they're, they're recreating a situation where it's only going to be active when they're trying to launch a car and when they're trying to continue to build boost before they would have enough speed that they want it to go to, um, you know, through to, uh, you know, the actual rev limit that they want. So then in that sense, you're saying... It's, it's limited use. Be, you're yeah, using it you're calculatedly... You're using it in a calculation of, I want it now because it's going to help my car go faster, uh, but I know that... Like, it's not... You know, because it's not... You know, it's not going to... I mean, unless you really do some st wrong stuff, um, it's not going to blow your car up, like, instantly. So but, as opposed to the verbal tunes where these guys are going from stop sign to stop sign, they, it just, it's going... First, with, yeah. yeah. And again, I, just to be clear, I mean, I do believe that there's a, a, a range here mm -hmm. where some of those, you know, are little pops and, and, and different things probably are fairly um, safe mm -hmm. for the, for the long, you know, do I think that there's a longevity cut of your vehicle's life if you were to keep it for like, you know, a couple hundred thousand miles? Yeah, of course. But... Um, do I think for the most average ownership period of the car that it's, 
you know, can they be okay? Uh, yeah, probably, because they're not crazy. The ones that shoot flames out the exhaust and have those really boom, boom, you know, like the really big bangs and stuff like that, there's only one way to get that. Throwing a lot of fuel in that exhaust, yeah. you know? Um, so, well, yeah. Uh, I got question number two for you. Oh, I so, thought there was a two-part question. Yeah, no, it's not a two-part question. It's oh. just a second question. But, uh, you know, so when you talk about having the cars with, like, the big turbos and it takes a long time to spool up, as a person who has and uses a twin-turbo car, what are your thoughts on, you know, should they just consider that? What do you mean? As opposed to running a big turbo, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to, you know, whatever factory smaller turbo Two different is. animals. Yeah, but I mean, Two if you're looking animals. for that more instant power and you want to use an anti-lag system where, again, you're potentially damaging your car over time, why do you think that'd be better for people to just kind of uh, consider a... a Twin to a dual turbo setup. Two so again, I, I just think that they're two different animals. I mean, like in other words, like I, I've had I've had both of these examples, right? Like when I had you know in, with my Eclipse and we were drag racing and doing different things, and uh, the car was primarily not used on street. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the truth of the matter is, we were in a situation where I, was, I think it was, I think the last turbo I was running was uh, I'm trying to think because I switched the turbo back when I before I sold the car, but. I, for a period, the bigger turbo I was running, Precision had just come out with, I think it was a 6262. It was a big turbo, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, for for, for, for a 2.0 liter, you know, engine, right? So, um, you know, for the most part, it, it took it took, it took took some stuff to spool that turbo. I mean, they did get much better with ball bearings and different things like that. But, um, you know, so using anti-lag when, when you needed it was, you know, a pretty primal... Effective... Yeah, and so and so that car was meant to be a drag racing car. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be a road car, or a touring car, or anything like that. Now, my 350Z, this twin turbo, yeah. those turbos are s small, tiny turbos, yeah. right? Do you um, notice any kind of, you know, how, how's your turbo lag? Oh, it's amazing. I don't have it. I don't have turbo lag. That's what I'm saying. But it's also a six cylinder compared to whatever. Yeah, I guess right? that's like, true. That was a two. That was a two liter. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more compression because I went to nine to one. You know, uh, pistons. But like when it had, you know, when it had the um, like with, with the the three and a half liter. You know what I mean on, on the VQ. Mm -hmm. It's like. You know those little turbos. They they're pretty instantaneous. The power is extremely linear. But but that car is only intended to be a road car, a driving car. You want that boost. You you know, I'm not going to rev the thing out to 9,500 RPM. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's just a different use car. And I think that, you know, you know, you Supras are, are one of the ones that kind of kind of fall into that realm. Supras, GTRs, stuff like that. When they go singles, yeah. right? When they, when they, when they remove the your sequential systems or whatever it may be, um, they're basically saying, hey, I want a simpler system. I want it to be really, uh, you know, kind of directed based off of the power band I want. Um, but you are essentially building a car around a usable RPM, around yeah. a usable pow uh, power band, right. right? So whether you, you know, that, that affects, that means you have to put the right cams in the car. You have to set the right timing for the car you need to have the right tune for the car you know and a lot of times you know especially when you were using cams you may have used the adjustable cam gears in the car um and you're using the right turbo for the car and these were all things that you did and then there was other little tricks that we would do to spool things i mean guys use you know small shots of nitrous other guys you know uh have you know different things like you know again anti-lag different things like that um so 
it really comes down to the fact that they're just two different animals. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and the idea of a sequential, you know, sequential, we always watch people play with that stuff. People saying, oh, you know what? I'll use a supercharger down low and then I'll use a turbocharger. You ever see that? The, the car, oh. people try to use a supercharger and then a turbo. Yep, yep, yep. Complicated ass systems. And then at some point, one ends up being the restriction on the other, right? Oof. So it's like, it's a little weird. Um, and then, you know, sequential turbos, you know, I think the idea of them was incredibly cool, but the idea of a sequential turbo system essentially was to create a, an extended power band with kind of a similar power, mm-hmm. right? You'd have a turbo that was smaller, smaller, spool up much faster. So you had that boost pressure down low, but it ran out of efficiency, uh, you know, before it ever got close. And then by so then the second one, is, by then the yeah. second turbo had already been being, it's a little bit larger. It's been spooled up by the first turbo and the power that you're making on the engine. Cause it's again, exhaust you, you gas. What do you call it? Sequential? Sequential. I always thought that I thought two different size turbos were dual turbo setups. I mean, maybe all, it's our dual means well, two. two so yeah. I, mean, I guess that means, but oh. sequential meaning that uh, when you like, when you look at a lot of those yeah, cars, one than the other. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They weren't yeah. necessarily like, you know, people say like twin turbos, like my car has twin turbos. Mean same size, same size operating, same turbo, of, yeah. you know, each bank of the, of the engine, mm-hmm. um, putting that power out like that. But you got to remember that a lot of the cars that, um, that we're talking about here with the sequential systems, they were inline sixes, not V sixes. True. Now, yep. Slightly different, slightly whatever. But um, you know, for those cars using the sequential, they were they were trying to use all the. It's really how you route the exhaust from the exhaust manifold into the collector, and how you're kind of utilizing that whole kind of flow. But yeah, they can get complicated. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. Another thing I think is funny is that like I've had two previous cars that used. Uh, twin scroll turbos okay and like even with those like i I would say it was good enough like there wasn't a ton of turbo lag with those like they but but that's that was the whole point of a twin scroll turbo i guess so but so when you have options like well like you know the with dual sequential twin turbos uh, twin scroll turbos whatever i just it seems funny to me that people are still going to be using an anti-lag system well but but maybe they won't be like in other words like if you're really spending i mean you have to remember for at least in, in my I mean, I always feel so old when I say this. I'm not that <laughs> old. Um, but like when when I was really into drag racing, a twin scroll turbo was like the most expensive thing you can imagine. And the only cars that really used them were Porsches. Yeah. Right. And the idea there, you know, and same thing if people are looking for t- twin scroll variable, u- variable vein turbos, like the idea is that they have, you know, veins that can adjust. So you're essentially, you're able to adjust the, the hot side, um, of the turbo to essentially allow um, the exhaust gas to flow in a different way through the turbo so you can spool quicker and then eventually it changes its efficiency. You're you're creating a one turbo that can do the job of essentially what a sequential system would do um, without having that kind of lag, you know. Because again, the, the issue that you run into when you do the supercharge feeding the turbo or the, uh, one turbo feeding the next turbo is at some point there's going to be this this area where that other turbo is now putting out hot exhaust gas, but it's not making any power. Right. Right. And and that's you know that's the one thing that you always kind of get into those issues with, where you start to experience detonation. That's the whole premise behind trying to make sure that you're running a f- turbos in in efficiency and stuff like that. At some point, turbos just it doesn't matter how much pressure you're making. 
it's not going to make any power. It's out of gas. It's out of, mm. it's out of oomph. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're trying to find a turbo that can flow the right CFM in the right range. Um, there is such a thing as over-turboing a car. There is such thing as over-camming a car. There is such thing as over-porting a car. You know, all these things, all these parts, they have to work in harmony together. They have to be... So when people... The biggest mistake that people make all the time when they build race cars, when they build cars, is that they buy parts because they think they should buy parts. They buy parts because they think that they're bigger. They buy parts because they think that they're better. And then they put them on the car and they don't really ever go fast. Yeah. And and a lot of that just has to do with the fact that they got a lot of dollars in parts, but they don't have a lot of parts that are working together and they're not setting up those systems in a way where they're all thriving and working off of each other. And right. that's a that's a major, major thing that it takes a long time to really understand. Um, so, uh, you know, essentially just a lack of effectiveness of you know, 100%. what they put together. 100%. And yeah. that's, that's always been the biggest thing. Like, I, I could tell you, like, almost every single time that, you know, a, barring the car had some mechanical issue, every single time we saw a car that had all the parts in the world and then couldn't couldn't run faster than a 12 second run yeah it was always because it just they were there were a lot of parts but like not everything was like dialed and, and different things and it just they just couldn't put it together you know um i mean bad driving would certainly do that as well <laughs> yeah. um i know all about it i spent plenty of time doing that bad driving um <laughs> but but yeah so i mean i just think i just think when you know when you build cars i think that there's a function and then there's uh, there's a style point, right? Yeah. Um, to me, with and I think this is why I get culture. A, well, to <laughs> me, I think this is why I get a little negative. Yeah. When we start to get into things that I think are like superficial. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know what, the being able to my listen, I always thought it was really cool when you saw those guys that maybe went to the drag strip and the car, you knew the car made like. 420 horsepower and it would run a ridiculous time yeah you know deep in the tens with 400 something horsepower like that's crazy yeah, right yeah. but but the car was light it was fast they got they got everything working together it didn't have these huge turbos and they knew it, they had everything dialed perfectly mm -hmm. and there really was something to that because you knew that those guys were the guys that as they increased their setups would just go faster and faster and faster. Mm -hmm. Now, go the other way to the guys that put all the parts in the car, put everything they had in the car. And then at the end of the day, they just could have never click off at a fast time. You know, it was always, um, you know, I mean, and then you had guys like me who weren't amazing with driving because I didn't get enough seat time. Uh, but I had a car that made a lot of mile per hour. It just never... It, it, I just never got a really fast quarter time, right? Like yeah, yeah. I, my driving wasn't there. The car, you know, it, it, I'd have issues getting locked out of certain gears and then I'd have to go back and, you know, fix things and stuff. But, um, but man, my, my car was fast. It, you know, it had a great mile per hour. So the car was, was, was a, a rocket ship when it was <laughs> in gear going down the track. But yeah, yeah. so I don't know. I, I, listen, I think that's the difference. You got functionality versus style points. There's no style points at the drag strip. That's true. I also think it's funny because like there's there's a lot there's been tons and tons of trends uh, in car culture and stuff like that where people may do the not uh, do a modification that that kind of hinders performance a little bit and yep. like 
there's plenty of examples of the, like that. 100%. And I feel like the difference between all of those and the Burble Tunes is that the Burble Tune ones are kind of just annoying. <laughs> like the other ones are kind of like to eat your own. You can do whatever you want with your car. That's cool. Right. But like these ones are just kind of like obnoxious to everyone. And you know, here's the thing. I, I spent the first few years that I really was into cars loving loud exhaust systems, driving under every underpass and yeah, revving yeah. every engine. And like my favorite time would ever be if I got into a tunnel. Oh yeah. my God. I wouldn't be going there fast, but I would be revving the hell out of it. Yeah. But you de you definitely, then you get, I think if you get beat, bit by the speed or the, or, you know, that kind of speed bug, right? Mm -hmm. Where you really have a period of your, of your life where you really quest after having a really fast car or having a really fast time or, you know, a quick time or, um, you know, really just wanting everything you do to the car to just work perfectly and be like that good. I think if you have a period like that in your life, it's very difficult for you to switch your gears and then say, you know, give me a verbal tune. I think that's fair. Right. And I think that that's where my, my, uh, my cynicism comes from. Right. Yeah. I just like, you know, especially some of these cars, I look at some of these cars and they're super great cars, really nice cars. Mm -hmm. and, and then I just know that like they got really nothing done to them except like maybe an intake and uh, just part of an exhaust and yep. a verbal tune. Right. Right. And I think that that bothers me, but you know, to each their own. I mean, it's your car doing your thing. I hope I, get, I don't buy it used, but that's just me. <laughs> hope you didn't buy it used, yeah. No, I hope I don't buy it used. Oh, you don't like, buy I it don't used? I hope they don't like do this whole thing and then they put the car back to stock and then I buy it and then like 12 minutes later, you yeah. know. Stuff starts to mess up. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. I don't know. Do we, do we, do we, do we answer all this stuff? I think so. It's, I don't, I didn't realize we were coming in here for such an in-depth technical podcast, but. <laughs> well, I, it was good, but I mean, you know, I don't know. I, th this was just a question that I asked when I was watching the video or whatever. Um, Cletus's car is awesome. Oh yeah. Well, well the, the Cletus video too is really cool. And then he, he does the same thing with the anti-lag stuff. It's, you know, it it seems so cool. But then again, that question just came to my head where I was like, why is it that people say that this is cool and that's not? I promise you that Cletus McFarlane, um, you know, Garrett is probably one of the more calculated people, period. He has all the experience building a lot of different cars. He has a tons of experience on dynos, watching what makes power, what doesn't make power. Um, yes, he makes entertaining videos, uh, but he has some significantly fast vehicles and cars, and he's piloted them and he's built them. And so, so when a guy like that uses anti-lag yeah it's fun it's entertaining but i promise you that it, it that it functionally works mm -hmm. um and yeah he's done some cool th some weird things with you know corvettes and just you know opening the nitrous bottle like while he's on the dyno just like literally you know yeah. letting the letting, letting the stuff blow into the intake to see if yeah i mean yeah of course because we're car people and at the end of the day we'll f around with the best of them yep um but he's super calculated he knows what he's doing and when he builds a car like Knowing, watching that whole thing where he's able to then again, you know, right into anti lag to build boost pressure on, on a Supra, which probably has a, you know, I don't Giant know, turbo. 90, not, yeah, 94 hot side or something like that, or a 106 hot side or something that's fairly substantial. Um, you know, I, 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 I get it. Like, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but um, I don't know. I like it. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Is that it? Are we are we done? Are we done with this one? I didn't know where we're going or where we're ending here. I think I'm good. Yeah, we're good. So, anyhow, thanks for hanging out with us on the podcast. We ranted today about a whole bunch of things that have to do with fuel and ignition. So, new new, new place, new setup. New setup. I mean, we're working on it. Max uh, pulled it together today. He pulled yeah. it together, and uh, you know, we're in our new office here. Um, new office. I like it. Yeah, I think it's really dope. It's cool. I, way better than the last cool. one. Um, bigger. You know. Yeah, and bigger. Then soon the podcast app will look different than this. Yeah, because we have like, we have multiple. We So like there are there a little studio space that we used last time. The, this studio space is probably three times that. Yeah. So like we have the ability to kind of have multiple sets and, and, and we just haven't got, you know, the problem is when you, when you take your stuff and then you go to a much bigger space, your stuff spreads out and you're like, okay, well now, yeah, now what? So we're kind of in the process of kind of, Doing things, so I think I think over the coming uh, weeks you're going to start to see things change, and I know Max will be super excited to like start putting things up and doing different things. So, yeah. um, so we got a lot of the cool stuff, but uh, stay tuned. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty interesting ride. And man, I'll tell you, if you're still hanging out with us right now, um, don't forget that uh, you know we got some wheels that are really going to start to drop in the next next you know month or so you know people are talking about mm -hmm. where the forge wheels people are talking about like you know where's the truck wheels people are talking about where's the mark one mm -hmm. um you know i'll give them a quick estimate all that stuff is um is on the website we're trying to give updates um uh, forge stuff it looks like uh mid to end of april um i know right now it says march of 24 um i just read something that made me think that some of them will be in but not all of them um, so I would say some in the month of April, the Ford stuff will be, will be starting to come in. Uh, in addition to that, uh, truck stuff will be here at the end of March, which is really cool. Uh, so that's really interesting. And the Mark one should be here right in middle of April. Um, so yeah, we're, we're moving on things. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. I can't wait till these wheels get here. I think they're going to be really exciting and, uh, and all the accessories and stuff will, will fall shortly behind that. So that's your that's your Koenig update. Cool. Yeah. So that's it. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we will catch you on the next one. Peace, Peace. out.